in my humble opinion, it's dead. Like people are sleeping right now. Like it's not the same anymore. There's no, there's no soul. There's no soul in it. And as far as I'm concerned, nothing's changed in the sense that black people are still dying. So activism is dead. Another Sunday, another podcast recording. Yeah. Anyways, guys, we have a guest on this we podcast do. with us. Mr. Who is Taff, find out on the pods, has joined us for an episode of Crisis Talk. Yes, he has. Big up your team. Hey, guys, what are you guys saying? It's your boy, Who's Taff, find out on the pod, aka the Black Champion. I'm what about to. <laughs> about to Dr. Umar Johnson is today, fam. Okay, <laughs> I'm a doctor. I I'm thought a... I thought my introduction was a bit, you know, I mean, well, of course, we've not actually done our own introductions. You already know it's Will Cianji, aka the guy your girl tells you not to worry about. Oh, wow. guys, that's new. That's new. Okay. <laughs> What's good, people? It's your girl Lisa. I ain't got no slogan. It is what it is. <laughs> Period. Um, and yeah, it's me, Palimi. And yeah, I'm excited for this topic and them things there. Oh, oh, little shout out. Symphony, the girl group that I manage, they have a song out called Sweet Love. <laughs> Listen to it, Sweet stream love. it. Get it. I really don't know if that's the key. I need to go listen to it. No, you should listen to it. It might it might it might remind some sad times, Lisa. But I know, but like, you know, no, we all need to let go of these feelings, though. That's, that's what happened. Oh, uh, 2020 has been one of those years. Sweet love is going to be one of those tunes. I know it's, uh, it's going to make me feel sleep a bit, a bit cozy in, at night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, listen to it. It's on everywhere. Literally. Alrighty. I'm sure we could put a link to that in the description. But um, welcome back to Crisis Talk, everyone. And today, we're taking another hot and juicy topic, which is what you guys love about us. So we come back and giving it right back to y'all. Today, we're going to be talking about activism in the black community. And essentially, we're going to be comparing <clears throat> how it used to be back in the day and how it is now. And we're, and we're trying to get to the bottom of, is activism diluted in today's era? Right then, what are people's opening thoughts? I mean, before we get into it, real shout out to Crisis Talk. Make sure you follow us on all the social platforms. Hit us up on Creation Foundation on your Instagrams and your YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter at Crisis Talk. All of that, all of that. You can find us on all um, podcast media networks, Apple Podcasts, all of them things. Anchor, yeah, yeah. You know, you know how it is. All of them, we're on them at crisis talk so yeah i think that activism by definition so it's a noun a policy of taking direct and often militant action to achieve an end especially a political or social one and this is from the collins dictionary um in british english it says so i feel like by that definition activism is not can never be fully diluted in a way that if you are if you if you proclaim yourself to be an activist and you do activism you have to have you have to have this this belief this strength that you fight for this 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 willpower that you go for so it can't really be diluted because it 
it just changes form. It might not be as strong as some as 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 it was once before, but that to that to me doesn't mean it's diluted. But yeah, these are just my opening thoughts. I want to hear our guest speaker of the day. Yes, come through to Father. In my humble opinion, it's dead. Like people are sleeping right now. Like it's not the same anymore. There's no there's no soul. There's no soul in it. And as far as I'm concerned nothing's changed in the sense that black people are still dying so activism is dead and i'll, I'll go into it further but yeah that's what okay, i'm saying okay energy i always love it when someone says something wilder than me on the pod because then i'm not everyone hates we shall see today no but what, to be what, honest tafara i think you're low-key spitting facts there you know i mean i don't know if personally i would go as far as say it's dead but we don't have the same vim and for me, I, I, I'm going to attribute that to the fact that we don't suffer the same trials and tribulations they used to. Our lives, we're not under as much oppression as black people used to be. And that's why we don't have the same kind of vim. For me, personally, um, <clears throat> honestly, I think it's interesting what everyone has said because I don't entirely disagree with the things mentioned. And obviously speaking as an activist myself that practices activism, I do strongly feel like there needs to be more of a tougher approach when we're dealing with black issues in today's society not to say that the trials and tribulations are of course they're different but there's still forms of oppression that we deal with in today's society like institutional racism is such a big thing that I think is downplayed a lot and I think that the activism that happens around institutional racism needs to be a lot more intense than what I see going on. And maybe that's because I might be in organi- might be involved in organizations that are a bit softer with their approaches. It it varies. We have a lot of activist groups, I think, in this um in this generation. We have a lot that have different methodologies, different approaches, some more militant, some more radical, some more just like easygoing. And also we need to understand the kind of generation, generational shift that we're in. You guys have mentioned the the talk of Vim a lot. We have to remember we live in a time where technology is such a big thing. Back then, the use of technology wasn't there wasn't things like social media and now we have things like social activism do you understand and people see social activism more than they actually actually see physical activism so maybe that's why we don't think that there's a lot more vim or there's a lot of vim in today's um, forms of activism because it's more covered and protected via social media so to kind of answer the question has activism become diluted over time I wouldn't say diluted. I'd say it's taken on different approaches in regards to black issues. Do I think it should be a bit more tougher and stronger? Hundred percent. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> but we'll get into the reason why that might be a bit tricky in today's generation, in particular, than it was back then. Now, t- tell us what. Tell us why it's tricky, though, because from my perspective, yeah, I can't even tell you how many people have phones on this earth, and what we did in 2020 is proof that activism's asleep. All these phones and all we did with social media was post black squares. That's how far activism went. I'm tired. And then we had our then we had our process in it, yeah. We had our process during COVID nineteen. And even that was like that that was that was silly in itself. Because we're in a pandemic and people are still going out. But even the people when people went out, it was still for show, fam. But then do you not think that that's almost like a, a sign of 
desperation and unity the fact that something that is killing off our people this pandemic we've seen statistically is coming for people of colors next like no man's business but we still felt the need to be like you know what no we need to come together and we need to show our outcry for and then of course the reason why the protest happened was to come off the cuff of um the murder of george of, of george floyd so people were desperate to get out there and be like no we stand with the issues in America and we also need to address the, the racism that exists in the UK. So why would you then allude to the fact that this protest this time around was a bit silly? I think you got to be careful with that one still, but enlighten me. You know, could I, could I jump in there for Tafara? Maybe silly is not necessarily the right adjective to describe these protests, but this pro- it, was, it was just screaming and shouting in the streets. What changes really happened? Because I think... What we really, because Lisa, you you really put it in a beautiful way. I do think you realize what you did there. When you said approaches have changed, the approaches have changed, and not in a good way. That's where the problem is for me. Like social activism is important for awareness, but awareness is not yeah. how to get the change. Awareness is not how to get the outcome we're looking for. Awareness is just everybody now knows it's a problem. Now actually solving a problem, silence, quiet, no one's anywhere. The protests, we screamed and shot for hours and hours and hours in the street during a pandemic. COVID numbers spiked way up. Where's the change? Where's the outcome? What was the plan after the screaming and shouting? But, but it, it let's... Be in this day and age, the screaming and shouting is the entire plan. Whereas again, back, back in the days, screaming and shouting was to get the awareness and then we're coming, for, we're coming for goals. We're coming for outcomes. Exactly. And that's the problem. People screamed and shouted and then went back home and did nothing. You see what yeah. I'm saying? You guys are being so, I'm so sorry, but you guys are being so dismissive and so blasé about the fact that there was a whole pandemic, A, and then there was a murder to, there was a murder that happened in America of George Floyd and people came out to protest. Point blank period, because there was two, the the two viruses that was, that that was, uh, that was addressed this year was coronavirus and racism that's been there. So don't now say to, don't now say to people, or don't now put the work that people put in, put, as if they did it in vain because of the fact of when you say, oh, there's nothing happened. That wasn't, there, there needs to be distinctions because people protesting the death, the murder of someone and people saying, and, and them wanting and, and change happening to me are two different things. You needed to protest the death, of, the death of George Floyd to say that was dead ass wrong. I needed to protest, and it needed to protest the death of other people as well. Yes, do that to get that awareness out there. Now, if you want to talk about actual change and, and legislative change, that's a different conversation. But don't dilute the two and mix the two together as if no, to make it it's, one. It's the same conversation, believe me, because yeah, activism is all about getting the change. Will, activism, before, you don't just screw and shut for Before Before we continue with this, it, I think there is, there is something that definitely, definitely needs to be touched upon in this right now. I'm going to use the forms of activism that we've seen in the past couple of months as reference point and make a very clear understanding of what the protests looks like this time around, okay? Mm-hmm. We've got a mobilisation of BLM, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter at this moment in time seems to be our, our scapegoat or our pathway into activism. Whenever we talk about black issues and we talk about activism, we instantly put 
Black Lives Matter into the mix. And Black Lives Matter seems to be like the the kind of head of things. And we forget that we forget the other sort of like pockets of activism. The organization of the protests that happened in Manchester came from a single person. It wasn't Black Lives Matter organization that created that protest. It was a, it, that protest came out from a result of social activism. Okay. So, well, yeah, I agree with you. Social media is used as a platform of awareness. However, the way in which our minds are programmed in today's society when we do forms of activism is it's easy to tell people to congregate into one area and turn it into a, and it looks upon as though it's a march or a protest. Do you understand? That's just how we automatically organize things. However, the lack of structure in that protest then resulted into what Tafara is now talking about as in everyone went onto the streets screaming and shouting, but then afterwards there was nothing the next sort of the next sort of phase that we went through was post and black squares do you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. <clears throat> the only reason why that has happened is because there was an absolute lack of organization and structure of how to deliver activism because at this moment in time when we talk about black issues and we talk about black activism black lives matter seems to be our our foundation our focal point we don't really have a clear organization at this moment in time that's helping the black community administrate activism in the appropriate way do you understand that's what that's where i feel like the real issues lie not that it's become diluted but because we don't have we don't have figuring organizations that provide a clear structure um and order as to how we approach issues so when we come onto the um when we come onto the factors of legislation like what Pulumi has indicated, it becomes weak because we've got nobody going into the commons and delivering up, delivering clear-cut proposals, if that makes oh, sense. And just to double down on what Lisa is saying, yeah, because she, she said what I was thinking as well, that we don't have any figureheads because right now it's a load of voices that aren't being funneled or channeled into one person to carry on and speak the message. Because if we had, uh, back in the day, like a Martin Luther or a, a Malcolm X, like just someone that channels all these voices they're hearing and then takes that voice and goes into these houses to talk about change. Because we don't have, like the closest thing to that we have is probably BLM. That's on the same scale of notoriety where it's funneling and channeling these voices. But even that, that's an organization. That's not one specific person. What I think is important to to understand is, yeah, okay, back back then during the 1950s to 60s, 70s, we had clear sort of leaders Act, act clear leaders of of activism. Had you Malcolm X, you had your Martin Luther King, and you had your Jesse, you had your Jesse Jackson. Cool. We don't need in this generation a specific person <laughs> to lead black activism because even when we look back at like um, Martin Luther King, he had an organization. He had the SLC, the SSCL, I believe. If I'm not, if I've not, you know, messed up the names of SSC and something like that he had his organization which included various different parties that helped him however they did sort of like navigate martin luther martin luther king to be the spokesperson right now in this generation the most prominent activist group that we seem to have is the black lives matter organization and for our listeners please understand that there is a bit there is a difference between Black Lives Matter as a mobilization and Black Lives Matter as an organization. 
right now we've got a mesh of the two because we're using the same we're using the same phrase almost we use blm as a catchphrase to talk about black activism whereas people don't understand that there's actually a whole organization <coughs> that is called blm do you understand so when discussing these things you need to make you need to make the clear distinction as to if you're talking about the organization or if you're talking about the actual mobilization of things and personally as an activist i think it's completely wrong that the two have been the two have been meshed do you understand yeah but can we just like talk i mentioned about the fact that when we talk about the governments and like saying that there's no there's no there's no people to go there to to talk to Mm. I feel like that's an issue in itself because that just that just highlights the fact of institutionalized racism, lack of representation, then things there. Mm. However, for for it to be for it to be like said that like there's nothing going on, I just think it's just false. Like it's just I just feel like it's intellectually false to say that oh like it's all like oh nothing at all when you do have organizations and companies that are going out there and making slight slight changes now whether they did those changes in respect because of the of the of the movement or because they actually believe in 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 these changes that's another conversation however there are those changes and these impacts of you're gonna have to get specific what are these changes okay so for example uber they put out they put out their polls pretty little things they put out. They put out their polls. Um, oh, their post. They put out. Allow it. They put out things. See, sorry. No, no. Allow it. Allow it. Allow it. You cannot talk to me. Well, we want reform, fam. And you're talking to me about Uber. No, no, no. No, fam. <laughs> We're talking about the parliament. Like, what's going on in there? But, no, right no, no. But, but listen. But listen. If you understand, if you know that these 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 privatized um organizations are um making those changes. You can you you understand that this is this is the private sector, right? You're, though they might not control, um, though they might not control parliament. However, when you when you when you do talk about parliament and stuff like that, there are people, there are there are um, there are um, things, organisations set up for for people of colour and people of minorities. So for people to now, for you guys to now. It, it allude to the fact or make it seem or discredit the fact that oh people aren't doing anything i just think that's just not true because there are people that are doing things in parliament themselves whether the whether the, whether the people is the difference of people people in parliament listening and actually implementing those changes that's a different conversation but don't make it seem like oh um everybody was just shouting and screaming for no reason and say that nobody was doing anything in parliament when they were all right now, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll tell you now the Uber and these companies that you mentioned, yeah, they're doing it as a PR stunt. It's not genuine, in my opinion, but I'm okay with it because it benefits the people. Cool. You just have to accept that they're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart. It makes them profit and makes them look good. In, in the parliament now, yeah, those changes are what matter because recently, weren't they talking about, oh, um, we should ban uh, racism or, or anything to do with the uh, prejudice from our history classes? Like, they're trying to remove that education. We already complain about people being too ignorant in our day, day and age now. And in the House, in the House of Parliament, they're making decisions to remove that education. What we should be fighting for is for them to put that education. We're constantly telling them we need to know more and they're making changes for us to know less. Those are the changes that I want to see personally. Like how, how are they tackling institutional racism in police departments? And policing, stop and search, stop and search is still going on. And people have been fighting against that for how many years now? Like, sure, but these companies will always do what makes them look good, fam. It's true, tough. It's true. And I just have to add in it 
again, just to bring it back to this question of has activism diluted? Because what I'm hearing is social activism has, has been a recurring theme in this conversation so far. And I rate social activism, it, it plays its role, but it's very easy to do social activism. Do you know how easy it is to click the retweet button? Do you know how easy it is to find your Instagram story? Do you know how easy it is to post a black square? It's very easy to do that stuff. And that's an example of how it's diluted. Because back in the day, activism wasn't as easy as you press a button on your screen or you press a button on your phone or your laptop. Back in the day, these Selma marches, I don't know the exact numbers, but these men were marching for hundreds of miles. Like, who, who today is still willing to do that kind of march? Well, and that goes back to what I'm that ferocity anymore. About there's no soul. There's and, no pain in these marches, fam. We put I'm a black post on Instagram and go to bed. No, I think that's where we're missing the mark here. I think people are very much willing and ready to do these marches. I want to come on to discussing the perception of what activism looked like. Back then, that's all they could do because there was no reliance, there was no other form of activism, i.e. doing, you know, the social, the social media thing. Do you understand? It was send a letter in secret, get people together, go out there, rally and march. I think people are very much prepared to do that in today's society. However, there's no reason of doing that if there's no follow-up actions that are happening after. Do you understand? Look how powerful it was when people were out there in the streets just this summer protesting after um, the killing of George Floyd. It was very powerful. It was very immense. It got people talking. It got people in Parliament a, a bit a bit shookers. Got people a bit rallied up, you mm-hmm. know, and it, it started encouraging conversation. Now, where things then become, I guess, diluted, and I say that very loosely and put it in quotation marks, is what happens after those marches. I think Black people as a community and Black activists haven't well educated themselves or their organisations on how to deal with the backlash that comes after doing protests like that. Yeah, We had no idea how to deal with when... Um, people of like other races started getting a bit mad about their statues and started like doing a lot. Do you know what I mean? We don't know how to deal with when MPs start making quite very passive, aggressive comments on Black Lives Matter or in general, not even making the distinctive um, view between Black Black Lives Matter organization and Black Lives Matter as as a mobilization. We don't know how to deal with the after effects. And that is what, where the issue lies and i think that's what makes our generation of activism a lot different to what the generation of activism was like back in the 1960s there was structure there was order and there was a clear message um, that they wanted to deliver lots of legislations were able to be passed back then why because they had a clear message and i think obviously the conditions were a lot more worse <laughs> than they are yeah. today However, that's not to say that there there aren't legislations that could possibly be implemented in today's society (laughs) that target things that affect institutional racism. Do you understand? But who are the people that are then going to advocate for that sufficiently and campaign for that in a way that's powerful, that's driven, and that has a lot more momentum? That's the question that we need to be sort of like addressing and asking ourselves 
it could be Black Lives Matter, the organization, but right now their, their, their structure is just so weak. We have no idea who runs it. We have no idea who's involved in it. You know what I mean? It, it's just, it's just, it's, it, it's a mess. However, that's not to say that there isn't other parties and there isn't other activist groups out there that are doing a lot more work. Do you understand? It's just a matter of we need to be unified in our approaches and we actually need to come together. Because I could be doing a completely different thing, approaching one side of institutional racism, while Pulumi could be doing his own thing and have a more militant approach and then the attention gets drawn onto him because his approach seems more intimidating. Do you understand? That's where the issue is. Whereas if we all come together, um, and have like a unified voice and a unified message, there is no reason why we won't be able to administrate legislative changes. You know, Lisa, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Like, there, there just isn't a clear direction where we're going. But yeah. for me, this is a symptom of an even bigger problem here. And this is a generational problem, and it's less a black problem. I, I noticed this with most millennials and Gen Zs, Gen Xs, whatever the term is. Mm. And it's a lack of follow through. We're so quick to talk and to, you know, do the easy part, the social media, the screaming, the shouting, the protest, the yeah. this and that. But then the, the, where the work comes in, you said you mentioned earlier about educating yourself. Who's educating themselves about the actual issues? Because here's, here's, for me, where the, it gets very, very interesting. When I, you know, when I have one-on-one -on -one debates with people, you know, activists, X, Y, Z, you know, really mm. more, the conversation always diverts back in time, back in history. And, it's, and it's, it's never going forward. And I have to ask myself, why is that? Now, I'm not talking about everyone, obviously. But it's like, why, why today um, is, is one black person screaming to me, another black person, about issues that happened 100 years ago? Because, but, carry on. The, 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 reason I, the reason I bring that up, and I think this is the link to why we have a lack of follow through, is because our lives are comfortable. It's like, you know, like, look at Lionel Messi. I know football might not be the most sensitive analogy, but look at Lionel Messi. That guy does not grind the way he used to because he got GOAT status. He's comfortable. He's got the five ballon doors. He doesn't... Now, this is not me saying black people, oh, life's amazing, there's no, there's no problem. But it's me more saying, we're not oppressed as hard as we used to be. And that's why all these one-on-one -on -one debates always goes back to Kunta Kinte and, and, and 1920s and, and slavery. So far, before you jump I in, I want, I want Pulumi to, to hop on the point. I just, I just, William, I'm so sorry, but that's, what, what the hell? Right. The reason, if somebody, if somebody, if you want to talk about their history, right, and why people bring up history, history says this and this happened. And the fight started, the quote-unquote fight for change started with these people. So if this, if they're still going, if the, if the, if, their dream, like Martin Luther's, Martin Luther King's dream, if his dream has not been achieved, best believe people should still keep on talking about him and keep talking about the work that he did until that is achieved. On top of the fact of the, the institutionalized racism that we have now, that still needs to be addressed. So don't say that people bring up history because of the fact that, um, um, that they're not as oppressed as they used to be um, before. Because, and then, like, let's not compare. Let's not, I'll let's bring not, it up and I stand by it. Let's be serious though. Whose who's problems, who, who's problems were harder and who had a bigger reason to fight for it? 
Okay. Yes, them back they, then. Yeah, they probably and, did. And no, no, no. But look at the disparities and the laziness. Okay. But, then, those never, but what's the point of just saying, okay, um, yeah, this generation's lazy. Nobody does anything. So nobody is accountability. Because oh, no, we all feel that, like we're, that, we've done because something special. Because we've put 10 Instagram videos on our story about gonna, slavery and about... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna no. inter- to interject here and, and try to bring Jafara in. Jafara, what's the point that you're trying to make? Um, I, I'm... Tr- I'm trying to I'm trying to let William know why there's a perceived laziness in it. The reason why is because when we when black people fought harder in the past, that's when oppression. Like you said, you're right. We're not as oppressed, and the key and what I'll add, we're not as overtly oppressed as in, in the open. Thank so you. Right now, black people aren't being hung on the street to get me, but now it's more institutional. So institutional racism is invisible. You don't see it out in the streets. You see a stop and search. But a stop and search, they're, they're able to like wiggle their way out of it and you know say a bunch of mumbo jumbo to get over people's heads about why stop and search is necessary. But they couldn't really deny, you know, lynching black people, you get me? And do you know what? Let's go, let's talk about that. Because in in America, there was a there was this there was this case that that is very dicey that people don't want to that people aren't talking about. And it was of a of, of a black of a black male child. He he died under interesting circumstances. Let's say because people say he, he people say that he drowned. But but when they when they pulled his body out, like he had bruises all over his face, all over his face, like he was lynched. So you know when you say that oh it's not as it, it's not as it was before. No, I believe I don't I don't think that's true because just because the the media hides it and just because people the media don't talk about it, the same thing that people were doing back in the day. They're still doing today so there is no history because history says it things happened in the past no the history is right now this is happening right now this is happening right now still this day so don't say that oh and people love to bring up history as if to say sorry it is happening the school that you can't ask you some questions because you're saying nothing's changed that that, there's no history i don't think do you live in england with rights we shouldn't make the mistake of comparing oppressions, okay? Thank you. We should not do that. Obviously, the fight that was fought back in the 1960s came from oppressions that were faced from slavery, okay? We've exactly. definitely shifted from a time of, okay, slavery, and now we need to continue the fight on, like, what's happening. Right now, we're in a generation where we're almost advocating to implement further the policies that are that the the previous generations has fought for do you understand it's a continuation of enforcement of particular policies i.e the civil the civil rights um campaigns the voting rights why black people don't vote why it's harder for black people to to vote and what tafara mentioned about the oppressions being a lot more covert is absolutely right voting we, we've got the legislation of being a, being having the right to vote, okay? But yet, there's not a lot of black people, and I'm talking American politics here, there's not a lot of black people voting. Why? Because we've got a covert issue of mass incarceration of black people. Do you understand? Which therefore is an issue that needs to be fought. Do you understand? The issue of mass incarceration. Not what the, the old generation's fight was, which was trying to get voting rights we've got all the legis we've got the main legislations that we need now we need to tackle like i've said many many times the co the covert issues do you understand at this moment in time it's hard to do that it's hard 
to for activists that fight for black issues i suppose to always advocate for the covert issues because they're covert for a reason they're hidden they're not obvious you've got to have absolute facts to support that okay this isn't this is this is an issue of racism or this is an um, an issue of institutional racism that's that's where the problem is so at the moment we're 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 falling in the trap of active visit um activizing for issues that are basically seen as conspiracy and make belief in our mind which makes it so much harder to do the works of activism do you understand but that's not to say that there's that that the oppression that we've got today isn't as significant as the pressures that from before i think it's even a lot more intimidating right now because it's like we're dealing with an evil that we we can't even see whereas back then it was like we know what the evil is we know what the problem is it just needs to be handled simple as do you understand we need more people we need we need more people to not be afraid of (laughs) using more militant and more radical ways of being an activist in today's generation. I feel like that's what our generation today needs. Back then, if we use the same methodologies that we used back then, i.e. the Black Panthers, for example, and brought that into today's society, people, people would be shitting bricks, like, for the easiest way to put it. See, the thing is, Lisa, we're saying basically is that same thing. You're, you're just saying we, it with a smile. We are 100%, but I think... The, the the delivery and some of the stuff that like you're saying then makes it because the stuff. thing is I'm not gonna act like like it's good because the thing is the follow through is poor and poor follow through there's there's not there's no excuse like you don't need to tell me that it's that institutional racism is covered I know it exists mm. I don't think it's a conspiracy but what's not a conspiracy is the lack of actual strategy and planning and action that we do it has yeah. that for me it has become diluted very definitely it's become Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and we've got way more comfort and securities in this life than in the past. That's what I wanted. To talk I think about. I I really disagree with what you said there when you said this monster might even be worse because we can't see it. I think we can't see it, but this monster is not as evil and as bad as the monster those guys had because that monster will literally murder you on sight. Compared to this, monster, the- all it'll do is. Maybe fuck your life up. But it's still it's happening. Really it's still happening, but it's justified. The way it happens now is more justified. In terms of comfortability, I think black people are not in the sense of we have a comfortable life now. Yes, it's more comfortable than what it was back in the 90s, 60s, 50s. Yeah, there's no denying that. But I think as a community, we have settled for the injustices that occur because we're used to it. And we're just like, we don't have we don't have that momentum to be like, oh my god, this is a fight that I need to fight because we've become we, we've just adjusted to it. And that's not a good thing at all. That is very that is very, very bad because we're just accepting that this is the life that is meant for us. And it should never have to be that way. That's why it's absolutely important for the activists that see that this is not the way that you should be living life and have an absolute passion for changing that, need to keep on the fight that they are fighting. My final thoughts on the question, no, I don't think it's become diluted. I think it's a structural issue that we've got at this moment in time. And I think there is different forms of activism 
that need to be unified and understood to become more powerful. I very much agree with what you said. And my closing statement would just be, it's not been diluted, but we ain't got the same heart. The heart is not the same, it's just a nice way of saying. We're lazy compared to how they, them man were on job. Us, we, we take, let me tell you, my, it was my first ever protest. Because maybe I'm started too much like, oh, I'm Mr. Action. My first protest was this George Floyd protest. We went, we went there, it was like, what, like 2 p.m., stuff like that. We did a few blocks around Piccadilly. And then at the end of the day, what did we do? We chilled and chatted with our friends and then we went home. You know, it was a motive more than it was a, <laughs> a, a action that's supposed to lead to serious political justice change, whatever. And I think that's our issue. We don't have that same fire and that same need because the fire is not on our bum right now like it used to be. So I think it's like what you said, Lisa, about like we need to not accept, um, we need to not accept racism in any way, shape, or form. Like when when Donald Trump lost. When he lost, people people were on Twitter were saying, "Oh, now now it's back to regular racism," and I was just like, "Whoa, that's that's not. We should there shouldn't be no regular racism. That, racism should not be a default. It should be it should be a thing. Period. But I just wanted to give a name to the to the to the to the case that I mentioned before. His name was Quan Bobby Charles. He was a quiet fifteen year old boy, and he went missing in rural rural um, Louisiana on October thirtieth. His body was discovered days later, twenty miles from his house. And his body, his face was horribly disfigured when they found his body. So when people say about the things that of the past that are happening or people aren't being killed for, the, for, the, for their race or people aren't being lynched or anything like that, there is examples of and cases like these that show that in places like America, even in the UK, everywhere else, that racism exists. That Nobody you- doesn't think racism exists, man. What's your point? My point is that these things are still happening. So for people to now to try and diminish them and say I make it less than is point that you can't do that. That's my point, William. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening in. It has been Crisis Talk with your amazing host, William, myself, Lisa, Palumi, and Tafara. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to that one. I mean, I definitely, I definitely felt the heat. I felt the fire. I felt the fire under the bomb that um, William referred to before. Um, but make sure that you guys keep up to date with us. Um, make sure you follow us on all the social platforms at Crisis Talk um, find us on the Instagram and the YouTube at Creation Foundation um, don't forget to drop us a message let us know how you feel what you're thinking if you've got any thoughts on what you want us to address and discuss please feel free to do so I know I've received a couple messages from people like um, expressing their particular views on certain topics that we've discussed which I think is absolutely amazing and thank you guys for showing your ongoing support with that but yeah we hope to catch you guys next time and yeah thank you again to Farah actually can we all just say like a thanks to Farah thank for bringing Farah. that I listen to his podcast Slider's Pod mad heat um, on this and yeah if you obviously find out Tafara, you'll find out that he's got his own podcast as well so big up your ting and yeah we'll catch you all next time thanks for listening